All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Overcome Become podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, Humberto Kaufman. And like always, we hope you all are doing well. Uh, Humberto, how are you doing, man? It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, huh? I've uh, been doing very well, uh, trying to focus as much as I can uh, in my own prep, in you guys' preps. You know, the competitive season has officially started for Atlas. Last weekend, we had an athlete competing in an international pro qualifier in Mexico. And, you know, very exciting stuff. Uh, as the shows start to happen more and more and more, I'm getting more excited as a coach as well. And as, a, as an athlete, as a fan of bodybuilding, I just, I just love seeing shows and high-level competitions. So I'm very excited for that. And that was awesome to see. The only thing I hated about it was the live stream was absolute shit. Here I am at work, so I have, I think I've shown you before, I got my two monitors going, and I busted out my my work laptop, and on the work laptop, you know, trying to watch the, the live stream of the Pro Qualifier, and every, like, two minutes, couldn't even get through each class, pretty much, it was just like, stream is down, I'm like, fuck, I gave up. Yeah, it was uh, definitely frustrating for, for everyone, there was a lot of, like, you know, unhappy comments on Facebook and on Instagram and whatnot. Uh, the, 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 I guess the account that was in charge of the live stream, they must have encountered some sort of problems. I don't know if they were bound to bad connection in the theater where they were at or whatever, but uh, it was completely different to the live stream. that Because this is the same people that held the live stream of the first NPC show this year in Mexico. And the live stream was super smooth uh, back in April. Uh, this is also the, the, the company that is going to be doing the live stream for my show. So this is something that I definitely want to get to the bottom of before we actually have the Cancun show in 13 weeks because uh, we, we don't want to be under the circumstances, right? Like they eventually figured it out, but it was for the finals and they had a little bit of issue with the audio and sure, granted it's for free and, you know, you get what you get. But, uh, you know, if you're really expecting and hoping to see someone that you know, whether it's your family member or your significant other, client and whatnot and then the live stream stops every 30 seconds it's quite frustrating right so yeah i was gonna say like if i was in your shoes it'd be let's say worried i was gonna say i was gonna say fucking terrified but it's like worried about the <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, those shows those shows um was that there was a lot of talent at that show though yeah again this was uh the first pro qualifier in mexico there's two of them uh this one is called the mexico super show so you have this one is an international pro qualifier and so is the other one which means that in order um anyone in the world can do it in order for someone that is not a mexican resident to do it however they have to do a regional show in their uh country of residence within a year prior to whatever international pro qualifier they choose. Uh, so yeah, because of this, we had participation from Central America, countries like Colombia, Brazil, uh, the States as well. Uh, I believe the guy, if I'm not mistaken, the guy that won the bodybuilding overall was from the States. And yeah, there was there was definitely quite a variety of physiques and quality. And, and it was a very good show to to see, you know, as far as we were able to see from the, whether it was the official live stream or the Instagram live feeds and, and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, this show was International Pro Qualifiers, I mean, for someone that is doing their first Pro Qualifier, shows at times are unpredictable. It's very rare that a show runs at the exact schedule that is intended to, to run. Uh, sometimes there's more athletes than, you know, than expected. And there's a lot of little fun details that happen, you know, behind, behind the stage and whatnot when it comes to starting the show and, you know, the flow of it and whatnot. So uh, this one actually ended up running the finals. We're supposed to start at 5.30 p.m. And the uh, the pre-judging actually ended at around 6.30 p.m., right? So it overlapped, uh, which means that, you know, it went quite after 
you know, when they were planning originally to finish the, the, the prejudging. And this is also due to the fact that, you know, the head judge does not want to rush the show. Like, if they need to judge, if they, they need to take their time when it comes to a specific class or classes, that's what they need to do. And, and that's that, right? Like, as long as they don't go over the total amount of time that the promoter has with the venue, then, you know, the prejudging might be extended a little bit for the sake of fair judging. Which is good, though. Like, I saw the amount of time some people were getting, and I was like, man, like, I wish we had that kind of time, like, on stage like here in Canada but you got like what five seconds in your individual presentation I mean it was a fortune yeah, but I was like all right front double side chest back double favorite classic pose okay get off the stage and then they would announce the place and then I was like what the and honestly a lot of the calls and how, how the show flows especially in the finals is made right on the spot because actually if you notice like originally in a regular setting, in a regular show, what you would have is, let's say for classic to see, you will have everyone present their 30 second individual presentation. Then they would call the top five and then top five would do the routines and then awards, right? They did a weird mix in which everyone was being called to the front, but like whoever wasn't top five would get like 15 seconds, right? And then the people that were top five, they would just mention, this person is in the top five and they will give them like 30 seconds of their own routine with their song. It was like a weird mix of like a individual presentation and a routine. And then they will be like, thank you. Right. So that would be your almost like half routine that you were supposed to be with to do with 60 seconds of your own choice uh, of, of music. So it was an interesting mix. I, I guess that's how they determined it was the best way of making it work. So, yeah, I mean, when you're prepping for a show, especially a Procore Fire, a big show, especially a show that is not even in your home country, you must prepare for the worst. You have Any scenario. You have different, what's that? Any scenario. Absolutely. All multiple scenarios. Like you, you have, you should have a plan for peaking, you know, assuming that the show goes a lot faster than expected you have a you have plan a b c all the way to z you need it in the event the show goes super long or longer than you might even have to exaggerate the scenario but it's just with the hopes of knowing or having a plan whatever happens and really ensuring that you present yourself in the best way possible after all these months of prepping right so it's very hard especially if you're coaching yourself or or, or if your coach is not as experienced with this this type of situation if they don't if they're not used to it, it they might not be able to feed you enough you might be backstage and you might have had your last meal prior to stage at a specific time and then you're backstage still for another three hours if you don't have food with you you're gonna flatten the hell out so that's not, not a good situation either right so that's an example of what we had to do uh, my wife and I when it came to picking our athlete Courtney for this show last weekend you know she we had pretty much all scenarios covered and uh, you know there was a little bit of uh, anticipation and, and nerves happening and, and and that's perfectly normal but she practiced her posing you know under the eye of cat so many times some week after week so many hours that the more you practice even if you're not perhaps mentally 100% present your motor skills your your body already knows what to do you may not have to think about it as much as it's going to happen that's exactly, exactly. so yeah. but that's not going to happen until until you practice it enough and that's what a lot of people don't realize even even for classes in which you have only two uh mandatory poses which is like bikini msvc for example it's it's posing should not be taken like you should be posing as much as possible every day closer to the show multiple times a day if you're going to be tired you're going to be irritable you're not going to want to do it but you force yourself to do it because otherwise you're going to pay the price that you're going to be taught a tough lesson when you're on stage and you realize that your presentation was actually was lacking and preventing you from a top five on or you know from getting to the top three or even winning the the, the class right you, maybe you were second because your posing was just absolutely not on point in that first place 
maybe their physique itself wasn't as good as yours, but the presentation, the way they portrayed their physique was better, and that's what they want, right? You don't want to be in that situation after all that work. Fair point. Either way, because I know Courtney sometimes listens, congratulations, Courtney, on your third place at your first international pro qualifier. Super exciting. Way to set the tone for everybody else. So the bar is way up here, and now everyone else has to rise to it. So who's up next on the competing list? We have Tia and BC. We have... 22 on Wednesday would be 24. No, listen, that's 17 days out. We're 19 days out from the Vancouver Island showdown. We have a wellness athlete competing in that show. Uh, it is her first wellness competition, so we're very excited. She's made tremendous progress in this in this prep. Uh, this is the first show that we're working together for it, and uh, she's she transitioned from bikini in her previous show, and right now she's had to really uh, step it up to not only gain the muscle but ensure that she maintains the muscle and her presentation is on point as well. Uh, we're very excited for her. Like she's made a lot of progress, and uh, regardless of official stuff, I think she's going to look very very competitive. I would agree. She's uh, she's very impressive. Her her mindset reminds me of like the old school way of training, the way she depicts herself anyway. But it's uh it's exciting though, right? Because like now the competition season's going, everything's getting underway. You know, we're just under 12 weeks out now from Canadian nationals, which is exciting too. Uh, so there's what like six of us, I think. Well, originally, to be quite honest, I was considering um stepping on stage with you guys, with my clients, but then I decided against it because we have a very strong team in that show and i would hate to miss something or not be able to devote as much attention to detail as possible during those last days and hours because i was focusing on my own prep so there this is where it gets interesting when you're both a coach and an athlete because you have to make these decisions um you know as an athlete you, you have to be selfish but as a coach you can't be and they're both incredibly important to me so in this particular case i am going to be a coach and i'm going to not do the show even though i would love to do the show with you guys and i would love this that's a, a show that i've been meaning that's the original that was one of the original plans last year for me to do that show that nationals it's i just keep planning for it and it just keeps getting moved and whatnot but uh um yeah i just want to be mentally present i want to uh, ensure that i put myself in a position to make the right calls and uh, and just to, just to see how far I can push you guys. We have two classic physique guys, one men's physique and two bikinis. So yeah, very excited for that one too. And you are one of them and you're doing, you're 12 weeks from, from that show. How do you feel? Uh, from being perfectly blunt, like I'm starting to get tired now. I'm very irritable. I don't hide it at this point. Like, yeah, no. uh, maybe a little bit too honest to some people. That's so fine. I've trying, yeah. I've been trying to like limit my time on my phone. So like, I don't know, or you don't own an iPhone, but for me, every week it gives you a breakdown of the average amount of time spent on your phone, like the, the screen time. And That's I've been good. like progressively trying to cut it like an hour each week because sometimes I just see something and it triggers me and I want to say something really rude to like somebody on Instagram and I just don't do it. What? That's very wise. Because one of the things that will become more and more important as you get closer to the show is being aware that you have like an energy budget. So, and that budget becomes more and more limited as you get closer to the show. So you have to be more precise and smart on where you spend this budget. Because if you, Instagram, <laughs> um, it's very, especially as a guy, it's, I find, it's very easy to get triggered by something, especially if you're not prepared to be triggered. Like you're just, you know, minding your own business. You are just scrolling down and you see something, you're like, she's, and then you just react, right? So there goes potentially a couple hours of energy, especially if you 
encounter yourself in an exchange of comments with someone as well. And that's just energy that you could have better placed on elsewhere. Anything. Something more productive. Literally anything else. Literally anything. Anything, else. anything yeah. that is more positive, like whether it's your work, your business, your meal prepping, something even related, posting, something even related to, to your prep, right? So, Bro, um, you know. Did I tell you that? The what? I almost quit my job last week. I was yeah, just so frustrated. But like, that's, I actually talked to my boss. I talked to my boss, and I'm like, "Look, if this doesn't change, like, I'm just gonna find something else." I've been there for seven years, and he literally, he very politely looked at me like anxious. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even talking shit. He looked at me anxious and said, "What can I do to fix it?" And it was almost like a deep swallow, like a, "I'm fucked if you quit, basically, right?" Right. So like almost, I was like, this After is what I need. seven years, I would assume that you provide the company with a lot of value. So they don't want to miss, like, lose that, of course, the experience that you have, right? You know what it is? It's the rapport, right? Like, uh, people have said to my co-workers or co-managers or management team that they've only stuck it out because I work there still. Because sometimes, like, you know, depending what you do for work, I'm not going to go into detail of what I do, but it can become a very stressful work environment. So if you don't have someone to actually talk to you off the ledge every day or every couple hours, right? You know, you lose yourself, and then eventually you go down that, that rabbit hole, and then you just yeah. So I mean, like, fuck, they'd be down like 10, 15 employees if it wasn't for me. And like, that's not even to my own horn; it's just the fact. Yeah. So, no, that's you know, even as a as an employer, you have to be smart with these decisions and how you treat your other employers that are key to the company, right? So, but yeah, it's you know, these things are. Something that if you are, if this is your first prep or, or you're still, you still consider yourself a, a novice or a rookie when it comes to bodybuilding, these are things to expect. There's really no way around it if you're really pushing hard. You know, you will see a lot of people probably, and this may confuse you, they're going to say, oh, I'm not hungry. Um, loving this spray, but have so much energy. And more often than not, these people miss the mark because they are not lean enough. They're not invested enough because they are. And, and, and that's, that's, that's the thing. There's some people that try to, they try to adjust the goal to the, to their preference, right? They try to make bodybuilding, which is the, one of the most extreme sports in a sense. They're trying to adjust that and make it easier and find a way to just make it not as extreme it just doesn't go uh, in order for someone to excel in this sport there's a lot of things that need to to happen and one of them is sacrifice and again i the, the way i am speaking right now is assuming you are because you're going to have two types of people when it comes to competing you're going to have the type of person that is doing a show for fun they just have a little goal they want to prove to, to themselves that they can and whatever that end result is as long as they push harder than they have before they'll likely be satisfied then you're going to have the type of person that is absolutely in love with the sport that is passionate as fuck and they're going to want to see how far they can get in the sport so the way i'm speaking right now is to these other type of people that want to see how far they can take it and if you are one you know the type of person as such there's going to be a lot of confusing information regarding you know how to approach a prep how you're going to be feeling how things but in my opinion after doing 16 shows, 17 preps. There's no way around irritability. There's no way around low energy. There's no way around hunger. There's no way around the hardship. It's just going to happen. Sometimes it, it comes sooner. Sometimes it comes later. But when you're pushing, it's going to come. So that is, a, it's a non-negotiable. It's inevitable. Don't shy away from it because by shying away from it, you're going around the best potential version of yourself when it comes to the sport. But it's, it's a good thing. It's a good it's like a good sign though, like when it starts to suck or not suck, but you start to suffer, 
but okay. No, no, it sucks. No, hard work sucks. You feel hold like on, absolute shit. Of course you do. Wait, let me get there though. All right, all right, all right. It's a good indication though, because like you know, when it starts to fucking suck, you're like, okay, I'm on the right path. Like I'm heading in the right direction. If yes. If I'm annoyed, if I want to fucking scream at somebody, I'm tired, I'm irritable, I can't sleep, I'm hungry all the time. Okay, you're doing something right. Fantastic. Because those are signs that you're pushing your body to a place that it hasn't been before, or at least in a while, right? So as funny or silly as it may sound, that is just, you know, when someone is like, I am so hungry, I'm so tired. My response is more often than not, good, we're in a good place. Let's get hungrier. Let's get more tired. Why? Because that is how you're going to get farther in your physique. Now, if you are the type of person that will have their mental health potentially affected by some, something like this, don't do the sport because you're probably going to screw yourself over by really trying to push yourself to a mental level that you just don't have, at least not currently. So that is another thing and, you know, another thing that needs to be taken into consideration when it comes to sport. This is one of the hardest sports there are, and that's just the way it is. And if you have perhaps a history of depression, if you have a history of, you know, and I hate this term, but like you don't have a healthy relationship with food, whatever that means, uh, this is going to be a very hard sport for you until you fix those things because this sport is only going to expose them even more. Can I just say something? Please. Nothing. And okay, before I say this, no, I'm not acting like a fucking... <laughs> disclaimer. No, I'm like, disclaimer. I'm not acting like a know-it-all. I'm not acting like I've done 10 shows. No, am I, am I not even close to acting like I have as much knowledge as you do? Like some people say I allegedly act like I do. But I fucking can't stand when people are like, long post, read. I've developed an unhealthy relationship with food. So for that reason, I'm no longer doing this regional show. Shut the fuck up. You couldn't do the show to begin with. You don't have, it's, you're not like, you're not cut from the cloth. You can't do it. Don't fucking. Act you know what? Cloth. I wouldn't have a problem with that. If the tone was like, you know what? I try to do this sport. I gave him my best. It was harder than I thought. It's just not for me. Fine. You're being honest. But when you actually start to blame the sport, blame something that by nature is very freaking hard and you start to almost like make it sound like, oh, you shouldn't have bought it or I shouldn't have bought it because it's all health, whatever, this and that. That is when I have a problem. You're basically, you're deflecting. You're not really just realizing what the real situation is. You just weren't mentally ready for it. And that's fine. There's no shame in it. If you admit it, you're like, you know what? There's things that I, like I, you know, you hear about things like Navy SEAL training and stuff like that. It makes you wonder. I, I don't. I don't know if I can do it, and I'll admit it. Like this, there, there, there's stuff. There, there are things that are very fucking hard, and there's no shame in realizing that there's things that you can't do. But I think I don't know if it's shame or I don't. I don't know what it is. A lot of people just instead of taking that approach, they just make the sport look sh shady or unhealthy or bad or terrible instead of just just being honest and be like listen it was harder than i thought it's not for me i don't like it the end that's it yeah it, and you know what fuck i i would respect the shit of people so much more like you know what i couldn't handle it whether it's natural or enhanced i couldn't handle it it was too much it was taking a strain on my personal life um the dieting was messing with me when it came to my career okay fine that's great you know if someone said that i'd be like good for you for at least owning it for what it actually was for you versus yep. blaming it because people that blame it no 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 
fuck you. You knew what you were getting into. And if you didn't, you're naive and you should have done your homework. Don't act yeah, like absolutely. it's fucking the sports fault. Honestly, and I've had clients like uh, that, you know, they get, they want to do it. And then eventually they're like, you know what? Um, this is just not for me. I gave it a try. It's harder than I thought. And they've actually been honest with me. I'm like, every single time, I'm like, you know what, man? Like props for just being honest. Just instead of just either one, ghosting and just disappearing from the fucking face of the earth, which is very common these days, or well, just, uh, you know, blaming something, me or, significant other situation or whatever they just created accountability and they just said this is not for me that's perfectly fine and i respect that so much more you know what though <laughs> i'll be honest i'm really i'm guilty of doing that one time to you i remember because uh ex significant other was like you're not getting anywhere with this you need to cut ties and stupid me i actually like listen to the cuts. we've all been in a situation that's it made us learn like i've i've been the type of person like very early this is probably my like third show in which I did not put nearly as much as I should into invested like time, energy, effort, whatever, uh, you know, spacing my meals. There were so many things I had room for improvement. And sure enough, the placing wasn't what I expected to be because I didn't put the work. So. And what did I do? I blamed someone else. I blamed, I think I blamed the girl that I was seeing at a time for like, you know, messing with my focus. That's, that's not her fault. I, it was my fault for not, setting boundary and doing what I needed to do. But then again, I was just getting started in sports and I realized that in order for me to get farther, I needed to just elevate my way of thinking. And that's what I aim to do ever, ever since. Can we, can we talk about that for one second, actually? Not specifically like what you just mentioned, but like the setting the boundaries thing. So in my opinion, I think it's incredibly important that if it's your first time or the 10th time or the 15th time or whatever, like you need to kind of know what <laughs> will help you to perform best, right? Like the best example I can give you is this. If I feel that whether it's a girl I'm just sleeping with, talking to or dating or whatever, but it's impeding on my goal, like it's actually just like really bringing me down and it's affecting me, then that's not worth jeopardizing what I'm actually trying to do. And that sounds incredibly selfish, but it's the it's most necessary. selfish that there is. And I'm going to give you a good example too. I was talking to a client just yesterday and, uh, you know, this is a big boy and uh, obviously because of being, it, him being a big boy, he's perceived as very strong, as very strong, which he is. And because of that, you know, there's going to be a tendency of asking for his strength for certain things like moving or whatever, right? And we are currently very close to his show. And, uh, and then he mentioned that, you know, he was helping this person move. Uh, I think it was like a huge rock or a couple of rocks. And, and uh, these rocks ended up being, he thought it was maybe like, you know, a couple couple hundred pounds or whatever. These rocks were like 600, 700 pounds with like two people, right? And, and, and then, you know, once he realized, he's, he's already super exhausted. He's already very tired. He's very lean. And, uh, and, and when it comes to these situations, you have to know what is the smart thing to do because one, especially if it was heavier than he expected, that he puts he put himself at a risk of injury. If you injure yourself, it could be anything. You're lifting to what if you tear a bicep? What if you just really screw your lower back? He still has weeks of training, and that and, and you know this could be catastrophic just because you know the person wasn't able to say no. And sometimes you have to say no. You may. You may sound, you know, again, selfish or what, whatever, but this is just not worth it. The risk versus the reward is just not what it, what it would be uh, ideal, right? So could you imagine you're putting months, literally months of work into this prep. You're very tired, tired and vulnerable for injury at that point. And then, you know, you want to... You mean well, you want to help someone out and then boom, you get injured and then you're done. At a few weeks out, 
all the hard work is gone out the window. You can't compete because of that one situation in which, you know, you're going to end up wishing you, you, you said no. And it's just a reality because, you know, I, I can understand how some people can don't want to perhaps take that route. But the more you put into something, I think it's important to think a little bit more this way, especially if you're doing a pro qualifier or a pro show or a very high level show. This is this is something that uh, I think needs to be addressed and thought about because, the, again, the risk versus the reward. You have to think about those things. Okay, incredibly important. Let's talk, um, I guess let's talk about how we're feeling on a deeper level and like what might cause that besides just like the dieting and being tired. Like I kind of want to, you know, be more transparent with the protocol that I'm taking. And if you feel up to it, you could be open with yours. So we're now 12 weeks out. What was it? The first eight weeks, uh, I was doing Tessanete, Anadrol. Was it Primo as well? Primo as well. Uh, yeah. Primo as well. And to be honest, man, those first like eight weeks, or actually it was a little bit longer because prep has been delayed, delayed, delayed. Shows getting canceled. But it's been good. It, it's been, it's felt really good. Um, I'll talk about the pros and cons. So for me, obviously, I'm very moody right now you can't tell by this point in the episode uh, i've been moody for a little bit big things that come from it is like you know the strength increase was fantastic the strength increase like comes almost right away a couple weeks in you're fucking you, as long as you're not being an idiot you know you're going up like 25 then another 10 pounds and eventually you're up like a plate on your lips and whatever and uh it feels good you know this the downside is like fuck i could feel myself getting emotional emotional irritable to the point where I was like, okay, like I had to start mixing in the, uh, the uh, AI essentially, right? Like the aromas in like, you know, once every three days. Now it's at the point where it's every, every day, right? Because it's just, it's, it's almost like overpowering. But we've transitioned now. Now we're 12 weeks out. And now it's literally um, the test, the primo that we were originally going to cut and the DECA. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's, it's been nice. Um, I could feel myself getting better pumps, for example. But at the same time, the old rumor about DECA, yes, it is true. <laughs> Not that I need distractions, but like I'll be transparent. Like, yeah, like it, it kind of happened once and it like fucking sucks. So Me? That's, that's, that's my transparency right there. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to touch on the, on the estrogen aspect because for me, I have noticed that I am more prone to side effects from most drugs, I would say, than the general person. Um, long story short, in 2017, I did a prep. I've had uh, multiple coaches throughout the years, uh, some of them very good, some of them very irresponsible when it came to uh, prescribing the drugs, and even, even irresponsible when it came to me pointing out the fact that I was experiencing side effects and then them not changing anything, not suggesting anything, just basically leaving me out on my own to figure out what the hell was going on. After 2017, post-show was a very bad for me. I had the worst possible episode, of, which lasted months, of breakouts that you can imagine. My back was full of acne, my entire body. It was it was disgusting. And at that point, I, I, that was affecting my training as well. That was affecting my sleep. Obviously, that affects your, your confidence and self-esteem. At that point, I, I, I decided to take an entire year off from all, uh, you know, PEDs and just basically reset my body. Be like, if, if this is what's causing it, I just need to stay away from a bit. And it's some very hard decisions for a lot of male bodybuilders, especially if you're, you've been on the cycle on and off for a while. 
you know, you get accustomed to it. You like the feeling. You like multiple things: the strength, the look, the sex drive. So the idea of basically coming off from it becomes very hard for a lot of people to the point in which we, some people never come off, uh, which is a mistake in my opinion, but it's still the case. And I decided to take an entire year off. Obviously, I lost a fuck ton of size, and that's also pretty hard to to to, to experience. You, you, your strength decreases, your recovery increases, size increases, everything. Uh, everything decreases, sorry. And after a year, I decided to, uh, you know, go back on a cycle and do a show. So I, in 2019, I decided to prep myself because of that. I wanted to be in full control of primarily the drug protocol. And uh, so it was very mild because I had taken a year off. I responded really, really well to, to mild, moderate uh, dosages. And I made quite a transformation. And things ended up going better than I expected. I ended up winning my pro qualifying class. And it was great. Now, in 2020, I decided to go back to a coach. Uh, he was very good. Like he was very uh, flexible because there's certain things that I just don't want to do when it comes to like, I personally don't want to do GH. I don't want to do insulin. Uh, those are things that I honestly don't believe I need, at least not yet. I haven't really reached that plateau and I don't think it's necessary to put that into my body until I do. Um, I am not a fan of T3. I find that that really makes me break out. So those are things that I explained to him and, and to, my, to my coach last year. And he was very you know, he was very uh, flexible and open and understanding. So that was great. His drug protocol was still a little bit on the higher higher uh, side of things, but not as bad as previous years with other coaches. Um, so this year, I am prepping myself once again. Uh, I learned a lot from my previous coach in 2020, but I just want to apply everything I have learned. I believe this way makes me a better critical thinker and a better coach as well. It makes me really think about everything I'm doing, why it is that I'm doing it, and, and be able to learn and apply new things with my clients, especially the male clients. Now, in previous years, I've been a little bit on the fence like on how low I do the dosages or whatever. This year, I feel a little bit more comfortable with kind of like going a little bit back to, to moderate, slightly higher dosages for me as long as my body can handle it. Uh, so my, the, the total amount of prep that I will be doing for this show is 21 weeks. We're five weeks in, so we're 16 weeks out. So now that I've kind of like did the first little phase of my cycle, 60, from 16 weeks out to eight weeks out, I'm going to be uh, changing the drugs a little bit because I want to be a little bit more aggressive with these. Uh, I think my body can handle it and I want to put myself in a position in which I can grow as much as I can from 16 weeks out to eight weeks out. So now I originally started with testonanthate, anadrol, and primo as well, very much like yourself. Then I added uh, a low dose of clen. And uh, right now what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be switching it to testosterone sustenon, uh, NPP, and EQ. So I'm going to do, I'm going to pull the, the oral, the anadrol, and I'm going to try these uh, three drugs. In my experience, the NPP and EQ, last year we did that and they work really well. Uh, strength is amazing and, and the apparent growth is amazing, which is what I'm trying to uh, achieve within the next couple of eight weeks, uh, especially after watching the show last weekend. A lot of, there's a lot of high quality in, in South America, Central America, and in Mexico, man. Like I want to put myself in a position of best case scenario. And I know not that the level in Canada is not already high enough, but the level in, in Mexico, at least from a live stream, what I was able to see was very, very high. Guys are very complete. So I just want to ensure that I bring myself and I cover all bases from size, posing, you know, symmetry, conditioning, of course. And there's no stones left on turn, so to speak. Oh, it makes sense for sure. 
I think a lot of people will actually really appreciate the transparency. One of the biggest questions that I had gotten recently was, how can you guys never give or go too deep into your own personal details? Like, I mean, I think we do with certain things, but this this is good. This is good. And I think a lot of people, uh, just a disclaimer, this is in no way suggesting to you what to use or to go do these things. This is just us actually reflecting on what we're doing right now. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We're basically just... Um, sharing our experiences with these protocols, these cycles or whatever, and what we feel with certain drugs. As, as I mentioned, for me, for example, um, I find that I have to use a little bit more of a higher anti-estrogen dose than the, the average person. Why? Because I am prone, prone to the side effects a little bit more, I would say. You know, some people can do a certain dose without anything at all. And, you know, if I try to do the same dose, then I'll I'll start to get whether it's like sensitive nipples or whether it's, uh, you know, breakouts, acne. Um, I, I've never really had like hair loss or anything like that. So no good. I'm very happy with that. But uh, there's other side effects. Your, your mood swings. That's, that's a thing. Um, now, for me, Anadrol, for example, my own experience. I hadn't done Anadrol in a while. But obviously, the, the reason I incorporated it into the protocols, because it's a very aggressive drug and it's obviously something that is very good for increasing strength, recovery, and uh, increasing in muscle tissue, in my opinion. I did a low dose, but even at that low dose, after four weeks, I started to feel a little bit of side effects. Uh, the estrogen increase in the sense of uh, mood swing, so to speak, that, that was the first kind of like tell for me. So in my case, I find that I started to take, th uh, take things a little bit more personal. I started to be a little bit more irritable and negative and whatnot. Um, so I, I'm not particularly a fan of how it makes me think in general, that, which is why the reason I am pulling it back, pull, pulling it out, sorry, this week. I find that it decreases my appetite slightly. It increases my blood pressure as well. Um, which is not ideal for, you know, if you're in a phase in which you want to eat as much as possible. Uh, but the, again, the recovery, the gain strength consistently, that is something that I really enjoyed. I'm not particularly a fan of doing an oral more than six to eight weeks. Uh, and for, in this one, after four weeks, again, as I, as I explained, I started to feel and display side effects. So I decided that it was time to change the, uh, the approach. Fair enough, man. Actually, speaking on the Anadrol, yeah, like, um, in my experience, yes, the first thing, too, was the irritability, like, the mood swings, but also, like, the sensitive nipples, like, with the Anadrol. Mm -hmm. I will say one thing, though. I do kind of miss it a little bit, only because, like, fuck, man, like, you're right. The strength just glows. And for me, it was my first time using it, so I felt like it was very noticeable to, like, see, like, the size increase right away, almost. Okay. Yeah, and in my in my opinion, when it comes to drugs, like different people sometimes have different reactions to them. For some people, certain drugs like I like Primo because it's a it's a mild, so to speak, drug, but it's it's one that is consistently allowing you to progress. Uh, it's very like side effects are basically none, at least in my experience. But the only downside is it's so freaking expensive, right? So in order for you to do a decent amount, you're you're gonna have to invest. So if you're in a tight budget may not the best uh, option for you to to use and it's uh, based off them too like if you uh, don't know if, if you don't know where you're actually getting it from like primo is like the most common thing that actually like you're not buying it's fake yeah, yeah. you've heard that too before right yeah yeah i, I mean whether yeah. it's true or not who knows whether we're getting the actual stuff who knows i mean so far so good actually i, I, I 
Because some people, are, some people say, oh, they'll just put EQ in it or do some sort of blend. Uh, for me, EQ, I, I know I'm doing EQ when my blood pressure goes, goes high. And that's another thing I was going to say. When it comes to selecting your drugs, pick something that doesn't affect your sleep, doesn't affect your eating, and doesn't affect your training. Because those are the main things, of course. Those are the pillars for you to make progress, whether you're trying to grow, whether you're trying to, um, uh, you know, lose body fat. Deep sleep is going to be the best uh, fat burner. So Okay, but hold on. You're saying if you're doing these drugs, pick something that's not going to impede, you know, impact your sleep. But if it's someone who's competing, the majority of people that do compete, you're going to take trend, whether it's an end theta or acetate. As but that's, that's all like the last weeks of the prep, right? Like I'm, I'm talking about you're like 24 weeks out and you're sleeping like shit. Like, oh man, you're going to be such a, okay. you know what I mean? Like, so that, yeah. I guess I'm talking more specifically like my Beginning choice for Anadryl at like 21 weeks out, right? After four yeah. weeks, I'm like, eh. Um, the, the thing about the increased blood pressure is that it, it definitely affects your training, right? So. So, you know, especially certain exercises that let's say you're doing a uh, lying leg curl with your head slightly like that. There's a lot of pressure in your head. You're doing uh, what's another like a decline press. Your freaking head is like this. All the blood's gonna go that going that way. So if you have yeah high, high blood <laughs> pressure, that's gonna be so uncomfortable. It's gonna be so uncomfortable. You're not gonna be able to properly focus because you're just focused on your head not freaking exploding. So I was making fun of your hand movement. That's all. Uh-huh. I was making fun of your hand movements. That's all. I have a lot of hand motions in case you haven't noticed. You're very, you speak I'm not very as curious though as some other people, but yes. Shut the fuck people. up. I'm curious. <laughs> Every time. Hey, any opportunity I find, I will mention. You literally do it sometimes when I send you a meme and then I'm like, oh, hey, I'm curious. I have a question. You're like, I bet you're curious. Yeah. Look. I'm very curious. Um, what was I going to say though? Now, this is actually, this is incredibly helpful. So, okay. Now that you're 16 weeks out, what are you, what, what is it for you that you, you can anticipate in terms of how your mood will change and how you'll react to people as you get closer to your show? Like, what are the tells? Like, I know your tells by now. I know that your memes get darker. You get a little, <laughs> little bit less with constructive conversation and more just like very to the point, mm-hmm. but what can the people expect? If someone doesn't know you. Uh, uh... Honestly, as, as, as someone hiring me as a coach or someone just getting to know me? Let's say both. As a coach, I'm fairly good regardless because it, it's not in person. So I, if I find something that, like, for example, let's say a client is, like, complaining or it's, uh, they're not That's following something or there's something that, it, you know, they're doing something that they should, right? I, I'll just put the phone away and then I'll come back when, when I'm in the right mindset and just really be respectful and polite, right? I, in the past, I have, you know, allowed myself to kind of get caught up in these emotions and not control my emotions. And, uh, and that really ends up well. You, this, that's not the, the coach or the personality that I want to portray as a coach. And that's not the prof- professionalism that I want to display. Uh, the more I do this, the better I get at it. The more I do preps while coaching as well, the better I get at it so, as well. Now, socially, I don't, you know, the gyms just opened last Saturday. I, I have everything I need at home for the most part. People are not going to see me at the gym as much, to be quite honest, with the exception of maybe one or two days out of the split. And even then, I'm going to pick my time slots strategically so when there's less people why because first of all i'm not at the gym to socialize and and sometimes that's inevitable uh you know they haven't seen you in a while they're going to be asking you questions especially if they know you but uh i'm going to try to avoid that and limit it as much as i can i'm going to try to devote as much focus as i can uh to my prep and doing what i need to do and maximize every single training session and talking in between sets is just not part of it right i think this time around what i can expect is i'm not going to be as as irritable or explosive i'm just going to be more 
blunt. There's going to be less filtering. I think at one point someone's going to have to take away my phone from me because I don't want to be posted too dark memes. But, uh, you know, other than that, I don't think... Uh, I don't think there's going to be that much change. Again, this is my 17th prep. So I know by now tells and, and, and I can call myself on, on bullshitting. I can call myself on, okay, you're being a little bit too rude or you're being a little bit too irritable. This is not fair to the person you're talking to and whatnot. Uh, you know, I've developed my own ways of dealing with everything. Uh, I mean, I will say I am, I am blessed to do what I do, which is mostly working from home and my, and my phone and whatnot. I don't have to be... Uh, you know, press in a specific uh, job or I don't work for anyone but myself. So whatever I do is, is, is on me, right? So I don't have to. And that's one of the reasons why, whether I was in prep or not, like I realized soon enough that I wasn't, I, 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 would, I just sucked at working for someone else. I just, something about it. Like I just, you know. I feel you, man. I feel you. But this is good. This is good. It's helpful for other people too. It is very nice. Like I'm very, just like anyone else, I'm over the moon happy at the gyms are open. Why? Because well, it's a place of, for a lot of people, it's a place of happiness. You know, for us, it's a place to not only be happy, but it's our, our place to work, so to speak. Like when we're there, we're there to work. We're not there to socialize. But at the same time, I almost feel like it's like our responsibility, especially for the younger generation, for example. Like, you know, we're, we're a little bit older. You're 40, I'm 30. About Shut 30. Up. Listen, Linda, all jokes aside, the point is, I almost feel like it's a bit of a responsibility, though, for like younger athletes who are like 19 or 20. Like if they approach after this long of lockdown, you say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And they got something like going on. I'm not saying a random person, but someone who may like, you know, look up to you or, you know, maybe their first time competing. I'll take a few minutes. I did that the other day. I think the person really appreciated it when they approached me to talk, whatever. And the point behind that is it's still sensitive times. People still have the, the anxiety. I had people talking about like, oh, what if there's a fourth lockdown? And in, in my mind, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Don't jinx it. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, no, don't worry about that. Whatever. Just, you know, but I guess what I'm saying is it's hard to find the balance. And like, that's why, like, like you said, like being strategic at the time slots, like now, now I'm like, okay, if I go to the gym, it's because I'm training late at night or early morning on the weekends when it's not busy because I just want to. Yeah. And for some of, of, of my clients, like yourself and, and other clients that have some sort of a decent amount, amount of equipment at home or access to someone else's gym, what I would suggest, especially if you're prepping, is to not allow yourself to get carried away by the fact that the gyms are open. Because, you know, yeah, you want to change and whatnot, but is that going to make you a better bodybuilder? Like, go to the gym because it's strategically a better idea to use a specific amount, uh, a specific machine or equipment or whatever that is going to take your physique to the next level not because you want to be there and you want to be seen and you want to be talking to people right like it's if you absolutely need it sure but you know i think for the people that have some equipment at home you might actually find certain days like training days muscle groups better at home than at the gym because it just you just be more focused so i think maybe a balance of both would be uh in your best interest when it comes to finding that combination of splits. Actually, actually, yeah, I was going to say, like, for me, I'm still doing accessory days at home. Every bit of cardio is done at home. Like, for anyone who's listening, the best investment you can possibly make, in my opinion, is to get, like, a very good piece of cardio equipment to have at home. It, who knows? I'm not saying, but who knows when the time slot can go away. Let's save your time slot for the actual exercise. Yeah. You know, if you can, if you can versus yeah. being like oh i need two gym memberships because i can only book one time slot a day at this one so i gotta do this one to get my cardio and my lift in like you know and honestly personally i i find cardio 
sessions very introspective and very like I get really deep in my thoughts and that is for me as a male bodybuilder that is one of the moments in which I can get the most creative when it comes to like developing my routine or even thinking about certain things about my prep like I find that and, and, and it's going to be very hard to get into that mindset or moment if you're at the gym and someone's kind of talking to you if that's what you prefer because it's going to make the time go faster sure that what, what, if that's what works for you best sure but like Alternatively, like as you're saying, like if you just want to do your morning car, you want to be watching like something, a show, a podcast, or or like a bodybuilding motivation type of video, or whatever, you can only do that at home. You're not gonna be able to do that at the gym. So if that's what works for you, like whatever you do, really think about it. Make sure that it is the best possible option for you. There's different approaches, there's different mentalities, there's different options. So pick the best one. I agree completely. Well, there's one last thing I want to talk about, and this, you know, I think it's important for us to be like more transparent as we go. So going into Canadian nationals, five of us competing. And then I believe you and your wife are attending, correct? Uh, I am 100% attending. My wife is 75%. 75? My point is, so what is your plan? Like, are you flying out? Like if the athletes fly out earlier, or are you just going to fly out for the last couple of days? No, I'm just going to fly the last couple of days. Why? Because I'm in prep and I need to ensure that my training also gets prioritized. Uh, and, you know, if I'm there, depending on what the situation is, then like our old gym's going to accept the drop-in. I'm going to have to scramble and find a gym and I have to figure out the machines and what I'm going to be doing for that specific gym. So it's just time consuming and it's just not ideal. I have to take into consideration a couple of things because... By then, I'm going to be four weeks out, right? And then after that, from there, I'm going to fly to Cancun because I, I am promoting the Cancun Classic exactly one week after, which is the same day as the Arnold's, annoyingly. But uh, so that's another thing. You know, there's going to be quite some time in which I'm going to be out of my element and I'm going to be out of my regular routine. And I'm going to try to minimize the amount of that type of time. Uh, and then by the time the, the Cancun Classic hits, I'm going to be three weeks out. So that's quite lean and that's quite, you know, I'm going to, it's going to be a very challenging day because you during those days, you don't know what's going to come your way. You don't know what unexpected events may happen. Just a lot happening at once. I'm going to be running from place to place, just making sure everything runs smoothly. Uh, and, and then after that, I'm three weeks out, I fly back. And then a few days prior to my show, October 16th, I'm going to be flying back to Mexico, but Monterey, another city. Oh, man, honestly, I just thought about it. You're like the last bit of August. All of September is going to be insane for you. Yep. Well, we have the, in August, we have, well, the Saskatchewan Classic. Then yeah. we have the Nationals. Then we have a week before my show, we have the Olympia. So we have a couple athletes doing that one. It's, yeah, I don't think, had I just, had we just experienced this, experienced this growth dramatically, I don't know if I would be, mentally prepare for that but it's been a very nice and comfortable steady growth in our business and, and, and the number of shows that we do and how we expand um so I, I feel prepared for it i have my ways of doing it and approaching it i have i have a, a system in, in place that i can implement in order to maximize their experience while not affecting my own prep as well that's good man that's good Alrighty, well Sir, anything you want to add here before we close out? No, I'm done. You're done. That's all I got, man. That's all all I got. That's my brain. That's my brain right now in a nutshell. I literally just sat back against the whole episode. Like, go on. Keep speaking because I'm just too tired. Anyways, (laughs) 
Monday motivation, everybody. I don't know when this episode is going to air, but thank you for listening. Like, share, subscribe on Spotify, YouTube. Follow our pages on Instagram, uh, Atlas Bodybuilding, Overcome Become, Executioner, El Executioner, Cancun Classic. You know what? I'm just not going to name I'll just put them in the description. There's so many. <laughs> Humberto has like seven alter egos. So okay. I'm just fucking with you. Thank you for listening, guys, and we hope you have a great day. That was good. I think it was good. Yeah, it was.